My special guest today is a marvellous actor who for two and a half years played one of the Bill's most lovable characters of all time. In recent years, he's added screenwriting and filmmaking to his resume, and I'm so excited to be chatting to him today. Ladies and gents, make some noise for the legendary Alan Westaway. Alan, welcome to the Bill podcast. Thank you for that <laughs> lovely intro, Oliver. <laughs> lovely to talk to you. I'm chuffed because this is taking me back. I mean, I, I chatted to the lovely Andrea Mason recently and, and I explained that your and Andrea's first episode was the first like proper episode of the Bill I ever saw. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing the end of the previous episode, which was Philip Whitchurch's last. And I remember saying to my parents, Who, who's this guy? He's so angry with everyone. I was just really interested. And they said, all right, well, you know, next next week we'll sit down and we'll watch it as a family and see what you think. And it was your and Andrew's first episode. So uh, as a youngster, I really identified with Nick. You know, he was my, my hook into the show. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I didn't realise that. Well, and nowadays, your career is one of the ones that, you know, interests me the most because now I'm, I admire you as a creative. You know, you, you've really done some cool stuff over the last few years. And I wondered if we could begin with that because I can only imagine the buzz, the excitement of seeing your name on television as a screenwriter. That must be a really cool moment. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it is, it is. Well, the whole process of screenwriting, I really, I really enjoy just being involved in something right at the beginning, you know, to come up with an idea, or in in, in the cases of the stuff that has been on the TV screens, it's been more of a case of us being involved, not, it wasn't necessarily our idea. I mean, Lucky Man, for example, was a, was a Stan Lee idea, of course, the, mm. the great late Stan Lee. But, but we, a group of five of us then, came up with the whole storyline for, for, for that series, just from two paragraphs by Stan Lee. So just being involved right at the beginning is, is a really exciting thing, I think. Yeah. And where, well, when did you first discover that you could write? Because that's a talent in itself. Well, yeah. And I, well, I, I, I co-write. And I'd, I'd done bits and pieces of writing. Uh, soon after I, I left The Bill, it was, it was an actor I worked with, actually, just before doing The Bill. The, the job I was doing when I got the news that I'd got The Bill was a, it was a theatre show in, in Manchester at the Royal Exchange, and I was working with an actor called James Allen. We'd stayed in contact, and I always really liked his sense of humour and his sort of ideas. And when I'd left The Bill, we, I started writing bits and pieces, and then we kind of hooked up in the late 90s early 2000s and our first commission was it was a, a feature film script for working title in 2002 which we did five drafts for i think and then it got polished in hollywood and then never got made wow. so um yeah so that was that was a, but i mean that was a sort of amazing experience because it was it was the first you know it was us it was our training in a way we were training with a great team of development executives at working title um and it started off as a kind of new writers project on their working title two slate and then it got shifted over to the main slate and the producer was always very honest with us he said look you guys are, are, are first-time writers we if this goes 
it's going to get a polish in Hollywood. It's going to get a polish by a big American writer because it was quite a big budget. As soon as it had gone onto the main slate, it became quite a big budget thing. Uh, well, that was the intention. Anyway, and this, it got polished, and then uh, and then and they never saw a light of day. And they they spent a lot of money on that polish as well, about two hundred and fifty thousand, I think, on that polish. What happens, like, say now, if you wanted to take that script and do something with it, are you allowed to do it? And and do you own the script, or do they own the script? Yeah, that's a good question because we, they did for a long time. They owned the script and kept hold of it for about three or four years, and then it went into turnaround, uh, meaning that it comes back to us. And we we actually, but by that time, we sort of felt it wasn't as fresh an idea as it as it was when we initially had the idea because we'd had the idea about eight years previously because of five years development and then uh, then holding on to it for a few years and and we actually we adapted it slightly changed it we came up with a, a tv version of it but it never quite worked in the same way as, as that original initial idea and that initial idea didn't feel quite as fresh so we ended up uh, not doing anything more with it mm. and and has lucky man opened doors for you you know because that's a that's a massive credit isn't it you know to get it was a, it was a big one that because it was you know it did really it was one of i think sky one's highest ever viewings that series got we're now working on a series called temple also for sky one which the first series of which starts um in september with with the brilliant Mark Strong oh, wow. playing the lead, it's also got Danny Mays in it oh. uh, and Clarice Van Houten from Game of Thrones. Wow! Which I think she's the Red Witch in Game of Thrones. She's brilliant. So so a really fantastic cast. And the first series is great. Uh, there's trailers for it out now. It comes out in in September, um, and we're writing the second series. So again, we've just been in a writer's room which is why it's been so difficult for you and I to organise this. <laughs> I've been in a writer's room on and off for the last month or so uh, with five writers just coming up with all the storyline for the second series. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I suppose to people listening to this, that sounds like a lot of fun, but presumably it's got to be very disciplined. You know, you've got to... Well, it's, it's, it's a bit of both, really, because it is a lot of fun. It's it's quite a sort of privilege in some ways to be just sat in a room bashing ideas around and making each other laugh and coming up with... <laughs> you know interesting storylines and some rubbish ideas as well of course that get come out in, in those rooms but you, you you know it's hard work it's relentless you're, you're there from 10 in the morning till sometimes seven half seven in the evening you know keeping coming up with ideas and, and then and then you've got to really start to get specific with it and really nail down exactly what's happening in each episode and start cards go up on a board of what scene is going to happen next and and so you get really quite specific with it all so it's, it's yeah it, it's, it's a mixture of being a lot of fun and being really quite disciplined yeah i did see a short that you and james made together called the good cop yes yeah that's great fun. yeah that's a few years <laughs> did you yeah that, it's, a, it's a bit of fun isn't it and yeah it's, um, yeah it's something by a, a, a writer called we adapted it. It was a short story by a writer called Magnus Mills, who I've always really liked his books. It was very odd, just slightly offbeat, kind of humorous stories. Yeah, we had a lot of fun making that. That's a few years ago now. But yeah, it was good fun to adapt that. And then I directed that and, mm. and James was in it. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that, yeah it's, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like it. Well, I love your use of camera movement. The camera keeps moving without it feeling like a gimmick. You know what I mean? When, when some, oh, good. Oh, well, I'm glad you say that. In fact, the cinematographer on that is, is, is a mate of mine, Ulla Berkeland, who's gone on to great things. I mean, he shot The Crown and, oh, and that wow. film, American Animals. Yeah, so he's, he was a, he's a class act, and, and um, I was sort of very lucky to be working with him. Pretty much all the shorts that I made were with Ula. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's a bit of a genius. Well, who are your filmmaking influencers and, and what, what are the movies that, you know, you've grown up with and your go-to? I've always been a big Martin Scorsese fan. Was my first first films was Scorsese, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and, uh, and then Goodfellas. Uh, I also loved... Coppola's films, the, the Godfathers, and, and uh, Apocalypse Now, of course, and then sort of more recently, the, the Coen Brothers. I'm a big fan of the Coen Brothers films. Charlie Kaufman, I like his movies. Uh, as, a, as a writer, there's yeah. a lot, but they're they're the, they're the ones that immediately spring to mind. I also watched Insecurity which I thought was a oh, fantastic yeah. pilot for a comedy series. I just don't understand why that wasn't picked up because it's really funny. Well, yeah, it's really funny. And, 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 and I, I, again, I'm glad you say that because I, I really sort of thought that was going to get picked up. We did a 10 minute short that was written by a mate of mine. who's a, a stand-up comedian, brilliant stand-up comic called Paul Tonkinson, uh, written by him and, 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 and another great stand-up called John Archer. And then I directed that. And again, Ulla shot the initial 10-minute pilot that we did. Baby Cow loved that 10-minute pilot, gave us literally only about five grand. I mean, nothing really to make the, the next 20 minutes. So we made the next 20 minutes to make it a full half hour. Again, they loved it. We had the full post-production done on it. And, and, and everyone was saying, oh, this is going to go. This is really funny. This, this, will, this will go to series. And we were all really excited about it. And then Carolina Hearn, May she rest in peace. The, the brilliant Carolina Hearn made a series about about because it was about security guards in security. She made a, a, a TV series, or she'd written a TV series that was about to be shot, and she's got big connections with Baby Cow. So Baby Cow shelved it oh. because of her thing about security men, which was one of the few things that, of hers that wasn't so good and didn't actually go to series. She only ever made the pilot of it, but it meant ours had been shelved and. Um, yeah, and that, it lost the momentum, so it never got made. But I'm glad you liked it, because I, I was a big fan of that and, and, and really, you know, had great hopes for it. Yeah, Paul made a short film, I think it was in 1994, with, with Frank Williams from Dad's Army, who's a, a dear friend of mine, and, and it was like a two-hander. And uh, that was another fantastic short, which, like, hardly anyone's seen. Um, but I think Frank uh, cooks Paul in the film. It's very, very weird and <laughs> creepy. Is that Paul Tonkin? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. Paul's a mate of mine. I haven't seen I must. I must look that up. My favourite line was in Insecurity is, your hair is not disciplined. You look like a man who's lost his dog. It's <laughs> a, a cracker, isn't it? <laughs> That is a brilliant line. That is a brilliant line. I remember it. I remember that. Uh, and that, that was a lot of fun to direct because it was, it was it, Paul and John had written a really nice script, but they were really insistent on people improvising around it. So, so, and they themselves used to improvise. So my job directing it was really just about 
Kieran, not letting them go too far <laughs> off piste with it all. Letting them come up with kind of crazy stuff and, and, and having fun with it. And it also meant it was quite difficult to edit because they were quite often speaking over one another and kind of, but it was, they had such a great energy because of that. Yeah. I wanted to let it run as much as I could, you know. And you got a part in it as well in the cupboard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I play the, I play um, Malik in the cupboard. Yeah, that was, that's it. The only time I've ever, um, directed myself but yeah, um, yeah it, it was good fun it was good fun doing that little part <laughs> let's not forget you are still acting i mean but ha- has the creative ever clashed with the acting where you've had to sacrifice one or the other if a job's come up well at the moment i, I i'm sort of i'm prioritizing the writing over over acting so i'm i'm generally i'm not going up for so much as an actor because i, I need to be available for example, once I've, I'm on this temple project at the moment, I can't really take anything now until, certainly until September. And if the, the second series gets green lit, which it looks like it will, they've put a reasonable amount of money into it so far, that then, yeah, that will mean I'll, I'll be busy right up until next summer. So, so yeah, I'm sort of prioritising the writing. Um, but, it, but in between writing jobs, I'm still going up for stuff and, uh, doing bits and pieces, acting wise, yeah. I loved your uh, your recent doctors as Bill Banks, <laughs> who has the the greatest handshake I've ever seen on television. <laughs> you... What I what happened with the handshake? I can't remember the handshake. Well, you kind of your arm is going up at a, a, a sort of angle of maybe. 25 degrees, but your hand is then going down at the inverse angle. So you've got yes, to, I know what you mean. Yeah, you lift it up like a crane, but then swoop the hand down, <laughs> and it was just a little I, touch of genius. I loved it. <laughs> well, uh, yes, no, uh, yes, because he's he's a right dodgy old character, <laughs> Bill Banks, isn't he? He's a right. Uh, but we actually had a lot of fun doing that because sometimes on doctors, I mean, I used to think in the days of the Bill, we shot quickly. But we used to shoot five pages a day. And, and nowadays, on things like Doctors and EastEnders, I did five episodes of EastEnders quite a few years back now. I mean, they're like 12 pages a day. I mean, you, you shoot very, very fast. So there's not a lot of time to get things right. And, and it, it's often, you've really got to turn up with a performance nailed. And, and if, you get the, if you get the lines right, you're moving on, you know. Which, which I have to say, I find, I find, I don't, I find that quite hard. And it makes me think in the days of the bill, we, we had, you know, we had a reasonable amount of time yeah. uh, shooting five pages a day, five minutes a day. When did you first get the acting bug? How did it begin for you? It began at school. I, I, I just did plays at school and, and loved doing plays. I mean, I even remember doing a nativity play. And I remember one of the mums coming up and complimenting me about I played Joseph at the nativity oh. play and I remember getting complimented <laughs> in that and I remember that being a really nice feeling and then and then at school I just I, yeah I did lots of plays and stuff at school yeah it, it, it really sort of got the bug then and then and then I but then I went to university and I joined the drama society at university and, and started doing plays there and gradually realized I was much more interested in the plays than I was in going to lectures mm. and studying psychology, which is what I was doing. So I dropped out of, of university and went to drama school. Wow. Were, were your uh, family supportive of that decision? Do you know what? They were brilliant. They were really brilliant because, you know, and, and I, they were, yeah, they were completely supportive of it. They just said, if that's what you want to do, you know, do it, give it a go. 
just give it your best shot. So I did, and I got into drama school. And then my dad, see, what what was the, always the nicest thing for me was my dad was a big Bill fan. You know, me and my dad used to watch the Bill, oh, you know, wow. when I was growing up. Similar to you, you know, as a family, we'd sit down and watch the Bill. So when I got the Bill, he was so chuffed, uh, as with my mum, of course, but, but my dad, you know, and it, it sort of validated them putting that trust in me, you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and then making that decision and not, and not giving me a hard time about dropping out and going to drama school. They, they were, so it was, a, it was a lovely thing that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, cause you, you had a couple of guest parts in the bill early in your career. As I well. did. I yeah. did. You, one of them was actually while I was still at drama school. I got, I got, um, I was still at drama school and I played a, I played a, a copper in it, I think. Just, yeah. I yeah. played a young copper who, I can't remember exactly the storyline. You, you might know more oh, than yeah. me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You played PC Jones and you're having a go at Jeff Stewart in the, in the shared accommodation in the digs. And uh... That's right. That's coming back to me now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always good to have a go at Jeff Stewart. <laughs> I enjoyed having it. <laughs> I've seen Jeff... I haven't seen Jeff for a little while, but I, I, I always enjoy seeing Jeff. And, and he actually was, my brother-in-law plays in a band and Jeff Stewart was a big fan of that band. So I used to see Jeff Stewart at my brother-in-law's gigs. And we, it was always really good to see Jeff after we both left the bill. Oh, wow. And uh, so I'd see Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I used to see Jeff. Then. But that, yeah, that's taking me right back to having a go at Jeff Stewart. <laughs> Uh, in the digs, but yes. And, and then you were, you played another character who was buying dodgy CDs. Yes, I remember that. That's right, that's right. I remember that. And then it was only about probably 18 months after that, because that would have been when I first, it was soon after I left drama school. And then, oh yeah, that would have been about a year, a year and a half after I left, and then another year and a half and I was in the show. Yeah, because Andrea recalls that when she was, that her agent told her slightly wrong information that um that she she thought she was going to play a probation officer for one episode not a probationer <laughs> to join and she said had she known she was going up as a regular she might have been a lot less relaxed than she was thinking she was only going for one episode uh, what what are your memories of going in because were you seen together is that right you'd made a short film together We'd made a short film together in tandem, which which was directed by a guy called Jamie Gould, who I'm forever grateful for, because he sent that short film in about getting a directing job. And the producers at the time saw it and really liked Andrea uh, and, and me in it and thought, actually, let's get these two in as the two new young coppers. So I'm forever grateful for Jamie, who I don't think ever did end up directing on the on the bill but but andrew and i got got seen for it and i remember hearing about it because i was doing this show in manchester at the royal exchange we're doing julius caesar which i mentioned earlier with with james allen who i now write with and we were doing that shot there and i got a call to go down and meet them and i had to sort of rush down during the day and i had a show that evening went down met them and i think that was probably quite good for me the fact that i was in a show and my mind was full of other things mm. I, st I still remember it being quite a big deal because my agent had told me the full information. I knew I was up for a regular, so I, it was quite a big deal. But I remember just getting on really well with the producers, having a, a really good chat with them. I always remember them telling me, you, you do realise if you, if you do get this job, your life will change. Because, in, of course, in those days, there was only four channels, or maybe there was five by then. So we were getting 
between eight and 11 million viewers. So it was quite a, you know, it was quite a thing to suddenly be recognized. And, uh, and they warned me about that in that very first meeting. And then I got a call a couple of days later saying, yeah, you've got the job. And I was just, you know, I was over the moon. And there's uh, some lovely press photos of you and Andy <laughs> and Eric Richards. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I know. It, it, it's uh, that, that takes me back. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I remember doing all those up just beyond Tower Bridge down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we shot them all down there. Yes. Oh, 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 he was a in. great character, wasn't he? I mean, how similar were you then to Nick Slater? So, well, that's a good question. I, I, I think there were elements of me. I was always, as, as a youngster, I was, I was always quite, I was quite confident to the point of maybe being a bit cocky. And so I sort of drew on that sort of cockiness and he was quite, he was quite cocky, wasn't he? Old Nick Slater, yeah. he was quite ambitious. He always, he always wanted to be CID or be doing something more glamorous than, than you know, than being um, a Bobby on the beat. So he was, he always had his eye on the prize and he was always trying to do a bit more than he was capable of, which, which was great fun because it, it meant I was offered in scrapes and I was often, being told off by Inspector Munro and, and, and uh, so it, lots of fun for that character. But yeah, there were, if I'm brutally honest with myself, probably uh, some similarities there between me and Nick Slater. Your first line that you relish is, I've got a head start by being me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, I didn't remember that, but that says it all. That does say it all about, about old Nick. I loved playing him. I have to say, I really enjoyed playing that character. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I say, because of that sort of cockiness and trying trying to do more than he could, he was actually capable of. Yeah, it just led to lots of interesting scrapes. You know, you'd grown up watching the show, and suddenly these legends are your colleagues. Who do you remember welcoming you and Andrea to the show? <laughs> everybody, everybody was really um, welcoming, and and and. But particularly Graham Cole, because I was I was with Graham for most of my early episodes. We were sort of paired up, and and you know I'd, I'd been watching Graham for for years, you know. So it was lovely to have him there showing me the ropes and 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 looking after me. So so but everyone, and, and then you know, and then I became good mates with a lot of the a lot of the younger guys in the cast, Steve Beckett and Tom Butcher. Tom and I did quite a lot of stuff together. Steve and I, I didn't do so much together, but we were good mates and, and Hugh Higginson. So I became mates with that kind of, that gang as well. But they, everyone was really, really friendly. Ben Rob, Ben Roberts, I was just remembering, did, um, did used to, he, 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 he was in the best possible way. He didn't give me an easy time. I remember doing a scene with him. It was by, one of my first days in there. And he said, I'd done the scene with him. I'd done my, my sort of close-up. And he just said, uh, he said, uh, done a lot of work on children's television, have you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> which I thought was, which was a kind of, you know, welcome to the bill. In a kind of, but it, it was all done sort of, you know, with a sense of humour. And uh, like I say, I was, I was um, an, cocky enough. I was enough like Nick Slater to not let that uh, knock me off course. He's so likable, Nick, because even when he's being a complete plonker, he's still lovable. 
which is a compliment to you because in the hands of another actor, he could have been annoying. To use a Star Trek reference, you know, he could have been a bit of a Wesley Crusher, but uh, but he's not. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, but I had, they were good writers as well, though, you know, because I used to, you'd always, as, as, as a playing a character on the bill, you'd have certain writers that would write for you. Or, or just liked writing for your character, you, you know. They, they would always go, "Oh, I, I want to do a Nick Slater storyline." You know, and there are other writers, obviously, who like writing for other characters. And I had some really, I just, I had some really nice scripts. Um, that, that, so, so you know, the writers, writers made my job easy because, yeah, that they, they managed to get that balance for me to then play of, of hopefully being a bit cocky and a bit, but, but but being likeable as well. And, and a lot of that came from the writing, I think. Do you remember your emergency quarantine procedure? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, see, that was uh, getting a terrific bit of writing, wasn't it? It was very yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, them, them, them all doing a wind-up on me and having me in that full white outfit yeah. um, and telling me I'm going to have to be powdered down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Again, a lot of fun to play. That was Steve Beckett. That was That's Steve right. Beckett. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and T- Tony O'Callaghan asks why you're walking around dressed as Andy Pandy. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Tony, I did a lot with Tony early on as well. That was a lot of fun. We, we, we always, always enjoyed working with Tony as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tony's fantastic. And you both have an episode with Alex Kingston. So, you had these awesome guest actors to play against. It must have been a great training ground for a young actor. No, it, it really was. It was great. And, and, and we, I sort of feel that that period of the show, I, I mean, I see it slightly through rose-tinted glasses, but I thought we got great actors in. We had really good directors at that time. They, you know, they were able to experiment a little bit and, and have really good young directors in who, who were sort of on their way up. They had some really good writers, and like you say, some terrific actors like Alex Kingston. I mean, she was brilliant in that episode, and, and it was, it was, it was a real education working with someone like her. Well, they they mentioned about the fame side when you first went in for the job. How was that when you actually were starting to be recognised in the street? Yeah, no, it was, it was, and it was, it was a strange one because, because at first you start to think. Why are they? So, you're on the tube, and you're thinking, why are they kind of looking at me? And and, and they're a bit unsure as well, because in the early days, people are a bit like, why do I know that guy? I, I vaguely recognise that guy. Do I know him? So there's a lot of people looking at you slightly oddly, and and when it's initially, you're kind of like, why are they? Why are they looking at me? What's going on? And then it gets into the full blown autographs, and you know, but and, and I think you also you sort of you 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 have to switch off to it a little bit and not be quite so hyper aware you just kind of are, are generally aware that people are recognizing you and, and slightly looking your way and going oh that guy's off the telly it's it's just a slightly odd it was just a slightly odd thing it was, you know it was enjoyable it was nice to have people come up and generally say nice things i don't think i remember anyone saying anything particularly negative I once had a guy in Brixton who who was convinced that I'd arrested him. I convinced him, no, I didn't arrest you. I, <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the telly, but I, I didn't arrest you. And he was he he wouldn't have it. He said, no, 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 you arrest me one time. I remember him saying, yeah, he, he, he was convinced I'd arrested him. Um, but but I generally it was it was all and and that was all good natured. So I never had any 
really negative experiences. Um, and it was a nice thing, but just a stra- it's just a strange thing, isn't it? You know, being mm. being recognised. Uh, and I remember one guy at some point. I got off the tube at Clapham North once, and a guy just walked up to me with his mouth wide open and just started poking me as oh, if no. like are you real i've never seen he'd clearly never seen anyone off the telly before and sort of was was poking me to see if i was real wow. <laughs> <Very> odd, <laughs> odd experience but um, wow. but no generally it was generally people were lovely and it was it was a you know it was an eye-opener it was an eye-opener that idea of being recognized and being you know and what was the publicity side like? Because there's no training ground for that either, is there? Just suddenly you're a star and you're having to give interviews to the press. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and it, it, it's um, it, it's it's an odd one that because, like you say, there is no training, and you don't really know what you're doing. You just you you, you just get on with it. I, we had a very odd one. Steve Beckett and I went to we did an in the early days of OK magazine. They sent us skiing, which was fantastic. We got a free skiing trip. I think we got some free ski gear as well. And and off we went skiing. And then they sent a photographer out for the last couple of days to take pictures. And then there was an interview, uh, a telephone interview at the end of it. And um, we'd had a great time. And, and, I, and the guy rang me up to do the telephone interview. And I didn't I didn't get on that well with him for whatever reason we, we, we i don't know we just didn't quite click and uh, and then luckily we had proof of copy and when i read it it said the opening the opening paragraph was something like steve beckett tall blonde bubbly full of life a man who enjoys every day alan west Hay, short dark intense a man for whom every day is a struggle with existence <laughs> This is like <laughs> I don't know. This is like his opening line. I had to ring him back up and say, "Hang on, we've spoken together for ten minutes there." That's like, no, I'm not. And he said, "I said I'm trying to create a contrast between the two." I said, "I know, but that's all well and good, but let's let's keep it in the realms of <laughs> of fact, you know." <laughs> wow. All of that stuff was 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 very interesting and. Um, I was never, if I'm brutally honest, I was never, I was never that comfortable with all the press side of it, particularly. Mm. I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, some people were much better at all that stuff than I was. Mm. Um, it didn't sit all that comfortably with me. Did you know that the bill has been released in its entirety on DVD in Australia and on one of the box sets, you are the featured actor on the cover? Oh, I didn't know that. That's that's. I didn't know that. I knew we were big in Australia because we always used to get a nice payment from Australia after uh, about a year after the episode had gone out. We'd get a kind of a percentage. Not you know, wasn't wasn't anywhere near as much as we'd get originally. But we, it was a nice little bit, and, that, and of course that went on for a year after you left. So I always knew. That, that, yeah, which was, which was really handy. So I always knew we were big in Australia, and I know some of the guys went to Australia, didn't they? Well, they, they did a play out there, I think, and um, and they combined it with a sort of Bill Press tour. So I, I knew we were big out there, but I didn't know I was on the cover of a, a box set. Well, that's, that's good to know. There's some fantastic episodes on those DVDs, uh, including one where you are seconded to the River Police. That was a lot. That was a lot of fun. That was that was yeah. It was. Um, 
I, I remember that episode really clearly. We had a great day doing that. The only bit that was the only bit I didn't enjoy so much was I had to scrabble through the water at some point. I, I, I wore I had to wear a wetsuit underneath the cost uh, underneath the, the the uniform, and I remember scrabbling through the Thames and people telling me don't cut your hands because there's Viles disease and all sorts in there. So I just remember that bit, bit that bit was the only bit of the episode I didn't massively enjoy. But other than that. Yeah, it was terrific. It was a lot of fun. And, and like you say, just to be out on the Thames in a proper police boat was, was a real experience. You know? Yeah, it was a, a cool shot, all in one take, where you jump from one boat to the other and then the camera follows you all in one take as you get onto the docks and into a building. I don't think the crew on the bill get enough praise for just how excellent they were. I completely agree with you. That the whole crew were brilliant, and and I always used to get on really well with the crew. That, but I think particularly that the camera operators were just exceptional, and and, and the, the sound guys who, who used to follow us around, and some of that handheld camera work it was it was groundbreaking at the time. And they did things like this goes back to what I was saying about at that time giving directors the chance to do sort of slightly experimental stuff. I remember doing an episode which I wasn't actually in. But it happened at the time I was there where it was all shot in real time. He decided to shoot everything. One 13 and a half minute take, which took, took us up to the, the, the commercial break and then did another 13 and a half minute, all one take. So the camera operator on that was literally following people around the station. People were hiding, you know, in the set of the station. People were hiding in rooms and then coming out when it was their little moment. But, but, but a brilliant thing to do, you know, to, to, to shoot a whole episode in two shots. But again, it couldn't have been done without the most brilliant crew as a whole, but particularly the cam- camera operators, just, just exceptional. It's a big void that the bill is no longer on our screens. It employed so many people, cast and crew. With your creative hat on, could the bill ever come back, do you think? I, I, I think it would have to come back in a sort of different form. I mean, I'd love, you know, the, the the sentimental side of me says, yes, of course it could. But then the realistic side of me says things have changed a lot uh, in terms of television and the way we consume television and everything nowadays and production values and the amount of money in TV is, you know, is so different. I, I think the bill was groundbreaking in its time and, was was an incredible show and and lasted for you know how many years in total 20 26 years i mean you know extraordinary and i I sort of think it would have to come back in a very different form i think for something to span 26 years and to uh, to innovate like it did i i think it it holds a great place in sort of british television history it must have been a very brave decision, and presumably it was yours to move on. Yeah, I, I, I did, I, I did decide to go, and and, and I, yeah, you know, I thought long and hard about that. I was, a, I was a young, I was a young actor who, a bit like Nick Slater, sort of thought I was, you know, or certainly wanted to go on and do movies and and you know have that kind of career and and sort of saw the bill as a as a great sort of learning ground to 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 springboard me onto to all of that sort of stuff so i i made that decision because i wanted to go on and do more i ended up doing more theater really when i first left 
I wasn't getting the TV work and film work that I wanted, but I was getting some really nice theatre work. So I, I, I did a lot of theatre straight after I left, which was great, and, and worked with sort of some brilliant theatre people, Michael Grandage and, and, and the like, and, and worked all over the country and, and in London. So, so it was a tough decision, though. It was a tough decision because I was, I was really, I was really enjoying it. I, th- I think one of the things, though, for me as well was I, I remember, I remember doing an episode where I sort of wanted to move Slater on because playing that kind of the cocky youngster who's, who's always what was, was such fun to play, but I'd been doing it for coming up to two years. And I remember doing an episode where I decided I was going to play Slater. I was sort of playing the sidekick to Hugh Higginson. Was it that episode? And I decided that I was going to play, and it was really Hugh or Graham's episode. And I thought, I'm just going to play this like Slater's a bit fed up and bored and he's not, Happen, you know, and I remember saying to the director, "Oh, can I just be reading a newspaper in this scene?" And I sort of throw the lines over my shoulder like I'm a bit fed up. And I got called in by the producers, to, and they said, "What what are, you, what are you doing in that episode?" Well, and I said, "Well, I'm trying to move Slater forward a bit. I'm trying to make Slater, you know, do something a bit different with Nick." And they said to me, "No, Alan, look, you, you Nick Slater is this, and that's what you're employed to do. We've got other actors who do that kind of copper." And I think it was at that point I sort of thought, well, I can't really move him forward much now. And I've been doing that for quite a long time. So, and, and like I say, I had, I had ambitions and ideas of doing other things. So, so that was why I think I, I made the decision to leave. Yeah, we gave you some nice undercover stories at the end. In one, uh, Carl Collins holds you over a balcony. That was terrifying. Even though I, I remember thinking and, and I've always been in awe of stuntmen ever since doing that that and I only did one little bit of it there was a stunt there's a wide shot of me hanging upside down over the thing that's a stuntman but in the closer shots that shots there was a platform underneath but I still had to hang backwards over the, the third floor balcony or whatever being but with Carl Collins holding me and I remember at one point my leg getting caught between his legs and I sort of almost lifted him up and, oh. and he, he was going over the top. <laughs> to grab it. But it was, it was genuinely quite terrifying, that, even though I knew I had a platform underneath. So I've always been in, I've always been in awe of stuntmen who do, do that stuff like it's nothing, you know. Um, and we had a great bunch of stuntmen on, on the bill. You got to do some cool driving scenes. Uh, you had a panda car crash, which must have been exciting. Well, I used to love the driving stuff. I'd have liked to have done more, but I, 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 was, I was never... Slater, Slater was never qualified to drive the area car. So I was only ever driving, you know, the little panda car. I always enjoyed doing the driving stuff. We had to do a, a driving test, I remember. You know, a sort of semi-advanced driving test to make sure we were able to drive, you know, with the cameras on and stuff. But I, I, I enjoyed all that stuff, yeah. A very sweet thing, uh, as I was re-watching some of your early episodes with my wife, and, and Tess said to me, oh, he's he's nice. Does he get a happy ending? And I said, yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> you I got... disappeared into Andrea's bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I know. Never to be seen again. <laughs> Lucky old Nick Slater, I know. Yeah. WPC Mason, and yeah, that was it. I was in her room and never seen again. But I, I loved working with Andrea, and we, you know, we we had a a sort of camaraderie right from the beginning, obviously, because we were, you know, in there together. We'd done that short film together. So, so, and for 
but we didn't we didn't get to do that much stuff together throughout the years. We often had different storylines, but every now and then they touch base and we do stuff together, which was always really nice. And it, so it was lovely that it came full circle and, and we did that last uh, that last episode or two. Uh, my last couple of episodes were with her, and it was it was terrific. Yeah, but did you proud of that last episode where you're being set up in the restaurant? Uh, you've got a great knack for comedy, which you've put to good use since the bill as well. Well, I did, yeah, I've always loved comedy. I've always loved, you know, and Jim and I have written a bit of comedy. We, we've had uh, we had a lot of stuff optioned comedy-wise and nothing really got made and then, uh, then directing the Paul Tonkinson comedy. But also being at a peep show, I did uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a ter- terrific episode of Peep Show, which again was just, just fantastic writing. It, it, you know, it makes our job so much easier but that that was a lot of fun to do i, yeah. I enjoyed, Talk, enjoyed that talking about your instruments <laughs> yes i know it's just a brilliant it's just a brilliant speech yeah just a brilliant speech um yeah it, it, <laughs> he was again he was a real he was a right tosser wasn't he that, <laughs> that, that character win yeah yeah, you played it um, fantastic. You remind me of a guy I went to uni with. You had him spot on. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that was just a, yeah, a lot of fun to do. And the guys as well. Well, all of them. So working with Rob and David Mitchell and, and Olivia Coleman, you know, that was just, just brilliant to work with. I mean, hilarious. Yeah. And, and I would find it really hard not to love. When we were doing all the stuff in the lake <laughs> and they're, they're trying to pull... David Mitchell, he's trying to pull David Mitchell's boxer shorts down. I mean, I was just, I was crying with laughter. And I, I found it very hard, you know, to keep a straight face. So I've always loved doing comedy. I would love to do more, really. Well, I know you've been established now for a long time, but I feel like you're still just warming up. You've got a lot to do. I've got, I do feel like I've got a lot still to do. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, writing on this, on this. Uh, Temple series, and there's 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 an element of comedy in, in in Temple, which is great. A sort of very dark comedy that we're 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 kind of um, mining in in Temple, which is which is fun. And I'd love to do some more. I mean, I'm just I'm just enjoying the writing, whatever that may be. And I still enjoy acting, so so I, I feel like there's 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 a lot more to do. And I, I'm just yeah enjoying kind of um, each aspect of it really. Well, we're all so grateful to you for sharing your time. And something we like to ask is that the fans, the listeners of this show, uh, support a charity of the interviewee's choice. So is there a charity you'd like to nominate that's uh, particularly important for you? My dad is, is suffering from Parkinson's. And, and I, I'm, um, I've been getting into cycling recently. And I, I although I've had a, I had a, a couple of crashes uh which one of which was quite nasty. So I, I haven't been riding as much as I'd, I'd like, but I've been wanting to ride um, ride London for, for Parkinson's UK, the, the Parkinson's charity. Um, so yeah, if anyone does feel generous and wants to to, to donate, um, yeah, it's it's a nasty old illness, and I think anything that we can do to to improve research and, and make sure people don't suffer. Um, with Parkinson's, uh, that that would be hugely appreciated, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll speak on behalf of everyone listening uh, when I send my very best wishes to your dad. Oh, thank you, thank you. So to sum up, how nice has it been to remember your time on the bill and are you still pleased to be associated with the show? 
Well, I, I, I love it. It was it was two and a half years of, of sort of of the best years of my life. I mean, I, I, I I'm forever grateful for it. Really, I loved it, and and to think that there's people who who are still enjoying it and still thinking about it and still interested is, is is a real bonus really so it's been lovely to it's been lovely for me to think about some of those things again that i haven't thought about for a little while and, and um share those stories with you so it's, I've, I've really enjoyed it it's been great thank you so much to the legendary alan westerway for uh, that brilliant interview i really enjoyed speaking to alan a talented man and a huge thanks as well to his agents, Alex and Sarah, who were really kind and helpful uh, and patient in setting up that interview uh, for the podcast. So big thanks to them as well. You can make a donation to parkinsons.org.uk. They're the charity that aims to drive better care, treatments and quality of life for anyone who is living with Parkinson's uh, so that they don't have to face it alone. Take a look, get involved, parkinsons.org.uk More legends to come. In the meantime, bye for now. Bye for now.